BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. And now the list of things that you can buy at the Chicago Reader Store at chicagoreader.com. Things to wear like Chicago Reader hats, t-shirts, bandanas, and face masks. Things for your daily life like the Chicago Reader camping mug, Chicago Reader tote bags, and a Chicago Reader reporter's notebook. Things for you to read like our Reader recipes, the Chicago Reader 420 Companion, our Chicago Reader Best of book series from journalists Maya Dukmasaba, Mike Sula, Ben Jarofsky, and Lior Galil, the Chicago Reader coloring book, and the Chicago Reader stay home puzzle. Find the Chicago Reader store at chicagoreader.com and show your support for the nation's first free weekly news newspaper since 1971. Bonus time on the Ben Jarowski Show as I speak. It's Friday, February 25th. The headlines uh, and all the newspapers. I've been doing a, couple, a lot of recordings today, and so I just keep seeing this headline. War in Ukraine. That's the headline that says it all in the New York Times. Uh, Putin, President Putin of uh, Russia sends in the troops just really disgusting, sickening, revolting act uh, by a megalomaniac autocrat. It's easy for me to say from the comfort of my attic here in the United States. And I just, uh, just so many lives will be lost because of this man's uh, insanity. Uh, I don't know how much discussion we're going to do on that particular topic this today, folks. Maybe try to lighten things up a little bit and try to dis, uh, distract us from this, uh, the horror that's around the world, the carnage. That's around the world. I could tell you next week, David Ferris will be on and we'll be doing a really deep dive on all this. Uh, so without further ado, I'm going to ask my uh, distinguished guest, as I do every other week when she comes on, to introduce herself. Distinguished guest, introduce yourself. I'm Ramana Hussain. I'm an editorial board member at the Chicago Sun-Times. Yes, and she's also a columnist uh, for the Chicago Sun-Times, as I always point out. She always seems to forget that part of her title. And she wrote a great column. Uh, last Sunday, it was uh, you sent it to me, Ramon. I was in California visiting my kids, so I didn't see it. And my beloved bright one home delivered, uh, and you were kind enough to send it to me. So it was um, lookalikes, we'll call it. Uh, how people who aren't white look all alike to people who are white, uh, and I would throw the uh, uh, the the same the other side of the coin at you. How people are white look all alike to people who aren't. Right. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I did mention that. It's actually, um, we can, when we talk about it, it's what psychologists say happens to most of us, but it happens to most of us when we don't interact with a certain group. So it just shows you that white people don't interact. We interact, a lot, most people of color have to, have to, we're forced to interact with a lot of white people. We're, we're always, you know, usually the only people of color in the room, whereas white people really don't have to do that. Um, they can live their lives without being in a room where they're the only white person. So that's why I, we can talk about it. We'll mention we'll, we'll, a little We'll get bit into that, that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I will uh, I just point out that everybody, no matter uh, what race or, or ethnicity, when they, see, when they see me, they go, aren't you Al Pacino? I go, no, I'm not Al Pacino. Okay, stop it already. I know I look like him <laughs> in my dreams. A young Al Pacino. Uh, one of my favorite movie stars. All right, uh, Ramana, uh, so much to talk about. Uh, we got Kanye on the list. We got my utter uh, ignorance about absolutely everything that is relevant to so many people in this country on the list. Uh, we have lookalikes on the list. Uh, and, of course, recommendations. But uh, I got to talk to you about Tulsi Gabbard, uh, your fa favorite, ha, 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 former congresswoman uh, from Hawaii. And I always give you credit for opening my eyes about her to a certain degree. Uh, you and uh, the great Samina Mustafa. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard will be speaking at the, uh, uh, what is it, CPAC, Conservative Political Action Conference, I think, if not today, uh, then tomorrow. Um, and uh, so she'll be speaking at CPAC. And 
her her theme, as I understand it, because I read an article about this, I just would love to run this by you, is how uh, even though she's a Democrat, or may, she was a Democrat, I'm not quite sure what her uh, political persuasion is at the moment, uh, she feels important that we all get together, Democrats and uh, MAGA. Uh, and so as a result, she's going to go to MAGA and, uh, and speak her mind and and I, I just kind of smiled this. I'm not quite sure what to make of this. I mean, I do believe that we should all try to uh, see beyond our political beliefs. Uh, and I do my little bit by bringing on centrists to my show. A lot of centrists come on this show, even though I'm a lefty, as Bernie's Sanders type. But I'm really struggling with this because, how do I put this? I see no attempt on the part of MAGA to do anything anything other than ridicule, torment, tease, mock, demean, insult. I go on and on with the words. Uh, anybody who's not falling in line with MAGA, they are even trying to throw Liz Cheney out of the party, the Republican Party. And they've already pretty much driven Adam Kinzinger out of co- uh, Congress because they don't tow the MAGA line and fall down in their knees and be- and pray to the God, Donald John Trump, and plead the MAGA line that he really won an election that he lost. So I'm really struggling with this one. Romana, how, how can Tulsi Gabbard go before the conservatives of America and say we must all come together when the conservatives of America have only adopted her because she's willing to go to them and say how bad Democrats are, and they've never made a move to even reach out to anybody who uh, disagrees with them. Please help me on this one, Romana Hussein. I, I can help you on this one because I'm not I'm not surprised that she is speaking at this convention because I always thought that, you know, when she was being touted by a lot of people on the left as this like great newcomer and, you know, this great fresh face. I mean, I just knew her stances on, um, you know, I guess as an Indian person and as an Indian Muslim person, I knew her stances on India and I knew her stances on certain dictatorships across the country, including India. Um, the people that she supported and a lot of the things that she said didn't align with the way I believe, the things I believe in. So I, I wasn't shocked. I mean, she's embraced at this point. I think a lot of people see that she's pretty much embraced by the right as, you know, a sensible, you know, cause she says what they want to say. Don't, doesn't she at this point, it seems like they embrace her more than the Liz Cheney's as you uh, mentioned a little while ago. And when you're saying, talking about the Republicans and everybody's saying that we should all get together. You know, it's whenever whenever they people do say that, it's like whenever there is a fig leaf extended from the Democrats and saying, hey, let's all get along, the Republicans don't want to. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what happens with, um, you know, just a few hours ago, President Joe Biden nominated uh, a black woman to the Supreme Court. I mean, they're going to do everything in their power to try to keep her off the Supreme Court, right? So... I, I just feel like it's it's hypocritical. It's like everybody wants the Democrats to, you know, be nice to the Republicans and saying that, oh, you know, the, the Democrats are mean. But when the Republicans go out and, you know, stick their knives into everybody else, it, it's like it's like a double standard. Absolutely. And I urge uh, uh, Congresswoman Kelsey uh, Gabbard to when she goes before MAGA to say, uh, hey. Vote uh, to confirm Joe Biden's Supreme Court nomination. I guess it was Katanji Brown-Jackson. I've been on the show, so I haven't read any articles, but I think I've... I've yes, somebody it is, sir. Said that to me. Uh, do the right thing and confirm uh, his Supreme Court uh, nomination like you would want the Democrats to confirm yours. And by the way, while we're at it, uh, do the right thing and get vaccinated. Donald John Trump says you should get vaccinated. I don't think she'll do that because she doesn't want to get booed. You get what I'm saying? Boo her, you know? No, I agree. So as long as she goes up there and bashes Democrats, oh, yeah, what a great, what a great Democrat. We like Democrats who bash Democrats, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like whenever the Republicans embrace a person of color, they're like, oh, you know, they, they, they showcase, you know, that the people of color that they have in their party and it's like, yeah, this is the quote unquote good black person or good Indian person, you know. So it's like they always tout that. So like they're touting Tulsi as like the good Democrat. So it's like basically because she's saying what they want them to say or what the you know the de- what the Republican Party has come to. 
become it's there she's basically embracing what they represent at this point because i would think that also as a democrat um if tilsa gabbard is a democrat as she says she is why would you even want to go some to some sort of event like this where nothing the democrats believe in is going to be espoused i mean i've seen previous cpac speeches is donald trump going to even make an appearance probably right you know i think he's the keynote speaker yeah exactly this is a you you have the keynote speaker being donald trump why would you want to be in an event like that well it's, it, as she would say it's all about reaching out to the other yeah, side no, i yeah. know reaching out i mean <laughs> but the thing is the this party doesn't you know they stand for the politics they stand for is they want to they don't even want to reach out to people who are different than they want to like want them out of the country so it's like it, it doesn't make sense you know i guess they want to reach out to you know other people who look like them but they you know they don't consider certain people american so they don't want to reach out to a lot of people just from on the basis of what their principles are no they uh, uh it's very clear they're not a reach out and touch party and i just i'm just uh, you know uh, i struggle with this because like i said i i do believe there should be exchange of ideas uh, but it's so poisonous of coming from, it's so toxic coming from the right. I, I don't know how they could realistically expect anybody like you or me to feel at home, even like, even not in danger. You know what I mean? They attack you physically. They threaten you physically. They attack you. They send email. If you, if they don't like what you say and they never denounce themselves for their acts you watch, Ramana, uh, now that you're a, a columnist on a regular basis uh, for the Sun-Times and you're putting your uh, opinions out there, you watch how many they attack you and how abusive they will be uh, in the response to what you have to say, even though they claim they stand up for free expression and liberty. Yeah. No. I, I, I'm going to – I agree with everything you're saying. All right. So. Well, let's let's move on to something that we'll disagree on then, <laughs> uh, which is uh, we'll start with my astounding ignorance about everything uh, in the universe, uh, and then we'll move on to Kanye, uh, who I'm really Kanye West. I'm utterly obsessed with these days for many different reasons. Uh, so anyway, I wrote this uh, column for the reader last week in my newsletter, uh, where I was professing my dismay and astonishment at the 30-year-old juror in the Patrick Daly Thompson case. I cannot stop talking about this, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just, I just find it so, I don't know, revealing about where we are as a country, uh, who has claimed she had never heard of the Dailies until she was a uh, juror on that case. I just I sit here in amazement how I could exist, a, a political nerd like me could exist in the same universe as somebody who, um, 30 years old, so she was 19 when uh, the last daily stepped down as mayor, grew up in the suburbs, never heard of the dailies. I don't know how I could exist in the same universe. And I pointed it out. And then uh, a millennial said to me, oh, yeah, well, what about what about you and the songs they sang at the Super Bowl? And I had to admit, I knew all the performers. I had heard of every single one of them, but I didn't know any of the songs. And so they go, see, see. So get off your high horse, baby boomer, and uh, <laughs> millennial love for their singers. Uh, so I wrote about this, and then I got a sale from people of baby boomers on the left for being ignorant. Uh, and they said uh, that it's okay that the 30-year-old didn't know about daily because the schools are bad and they don't teach civics. Okay, that was the excuse. Uh, but it's intolerable that I don't know about uh, the songs. I knew the performers. I don't know the songs, and that's a, si a deficiency on my part. And then someone said, just write about schools and politics. <laughs> oh, the well, well, first of all, I have to tell you that all the performers, except for Kendrick Lamar, are all Gen Xers. They're, in fact, some of them are older than me. So the millennials trying to take credit for the singers, sorry, they're Gen Xers mostly, except for Kendrick Lamar. But they are fans. Um, most people who listen to um, that, that music um, are Gen Xers and millennials. But I have to tell you that there were a lot of funny tweets about how that music is actually kind of old now, too. So, you know, it, it was there was this funny tweet where someone said, finally, they're not, you know, 
they're not doing halftime performances that are geared towards old people. And then somebody's like, Oh wait, because I even knew all the songs because they were from, they were from when I was like, you know, a young, uh, a younger person. And so I even knew all the songs and I'm not even someone who listens to those artists on a regular basis, but I thought it was a pretty fun halftime show. I have to tell you that, but I don't know. I think 30 years old, I have even me and I, you know, even though I'm in the news business, obviously I do know a lot more names than a lot of people. I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm a political, I follow politics, but I'm not a political nerd like you or my husband, but I have to say that how could you not know who Mayor Daly is? Uh, as a young girl, and I grew up literally right outside of Chicago, was born in Chicago. I know we've talked about this all the time, but Mayor Daly was elected when I was 18. So yeah, of course I'm going to know who he is. And basically I became like an old woman by the time he finally stopped being mayor of Chicago. But when I, even when I was a little girl, I knew who um, Jane Byrne was. I mean, she was, it was such a big name. I didn't, you know, it took me a few years to realize who Michael Belandic was because, you know, when, when I got older, I, you know, I remembered the big snowstorm. I was so young when that happened, but um, I just remember it being a big deal. And then, you know, when I got older, like our parents would talk about how that cost the elections. But everybody would be talking about Jane Byrne. Um, I remember the name Edward Doliak being thrown around when I was a kid. And it's just, um, I, I don't know how you could be from the Chicago area and not know who Richard M. Daly is. Maybe you don't, maybe for 30, you didn't know that his father was the mayor um, before like many decades ago, but I, I find that, I find that kind of, um, crazy, but, but there's certain things that I don't expect a lot of younger people to know. I remember a few years back, we had an intern at the paper and he was asking me how to spell Walter Payton. And I was like, Oh my God. Oh my God. I was like, you don't know. I was kind of, then I asked him what year he was born and then it was excused. So there's certain things where you, you, I mean, there's certain things where I'm like, okay, you're, I can kind of understand, you know, at this point, 30 is young for me too, but I don't know. I think that at some point in history, you would have learned about Mayor Daly. You know, we learned about when I was in high school, we learned about the sixties and we learned about Richard J. Daly and, you know, what he did during the Democratic National Convention. So I knew who Richard J. Daly was when I was a little girl. So I don't know. I just, I just, I think you, sh- if you're 30, you should know that. I have a niece who's 27. So I, I can ask her if she knows who, you know, Mayor Daly is. And I think, she- I think she would know. I think if anybody from the Chicago area, if you say the name Daly, you automatically think, Oh, are they related to the Daly family? So I don't know. I, I would think that most people who are 30, at least 30, I can understand if they're 12, maybe not, but somebody who's 30 should know. Well, I uh, believe that uh, there's a lot of pandering that goes on. Uh, boomers pandering to millennials. Uh, and like, oh, and they excuse any old ignorance a millennial has. Oh, it's okay. You're just a little millennial. It's all good. It's okay that you never heard of, I don't know, Richard Nixon, or you never heard of Ronald Reagan, or you never heard of anything that happened before you were born. Yeah. <laughs> I sound like a baby boomer. Uh, and I am a baby boomer. But then in this column, I revealed that I did not have those songs. I also revealed a whole bunch of other things I didn't know. And you, of course... Uh, immediately uh, let me know that you knew all the things that I didn't know. And furthermore, I was mispronouncing and misspelling <laughs> one of the things I didn't know, proving I didn't know it. Uh, yeah, and, and, that, and that's totally fine because not everybody knows certain things, but there's just some names. Like years from now, if my nephews and nieces who are like, you know, nine, my twin, I have twin nieces who are nine years old. If they don't know who Barack Obama is, I would be like, I would think they're they're crazy or something. You know, they're little girls right now, but they're just some names that you sh- should know. So the things that you didn't know, that's fine. That's preference. I should tell you when I was watching the halftime show and my mom was there, I was with my nephew and my younger sister. Um, and I remember Dr. Dre came on. My mom was like, who's that? I'm like, Dr. Dre. And she goes, he's a doctor. So <laughs> I'm telling you, <laughs> some people didn't know that Dr. Dre was his name. So, but you know, there are certain things that, you know, your generation, the baby boomers pushed all their music on us. So 
I mean, if somebody from that's my age doesn't know who the Beatles or the Rolling Stones are, that's crazy. But my generation, Gen Xers, we don't really push anything on millennials. I mean, I did push some things on my millennial niece, but, you know, I feel like the boomers, like, that's what we were raised with. Like, when I was in high school, like, the 60s counterculture was... That's how everybody dressed. It was like everybody wanted to wear tie-dye again. Grateful Dead made a comeback. It was just, it's like we listened to everything that the baby boomers did. So there's certain things like music now. I think it's a little different. It's generational. So I can excuse you for not knowing those songs. Uh, um, well, it wasn't. It, but, it, it, yeah, go ahead. And the fashion stuff, I mean, there's <laughs> no way you're going to know that. So it was Missoni which is an Italian uh, designer. Like it's a high-end designer. And you were talking about the line at Target. Um, I'm sure you know this, maybe you don't, but Target takes a lot of high-end designers and they have like a Target line. So, and they usually sell out like crazy because, you know, they're big name designers and they have a Target line and this way it's a cheap alternative and somebody could say, I'm wearing a Missoni. So it makes everybody feel better. And then there's also another designer in Target named Mosimo. So I, I'm maybe you mixed up the names, but there's no way you would know. I mean, Mick, my husband, would not know not know any of these designers. He might know like the really common, like he might know who Ralph Lauren is or Calvin Klein, those designers, but you guys, people like you aren't, people like you aren't going to know who Miss Sony is. Yeah. And well, and and let me just tell you this. Uh, You're absolutely correct. And I know Mick wouldn't know it. Uh, And uh, there's no way he'll know it. Uh, Although he'll claim he does know it. Uh, And, um, but what happened was, this was a couple of years ago when uh, Target cut the deal with Missoni. Thank, thank you for pronouncing the name so I get it right. Uh, and I, I don't know how it, be, I don't know how it pierced my skull. You know what I'm saying? Usually, leaves like that. Just there's like a, a secret uh, little uh, like shield I have that protects me from any incoming information about fashion. Uh, certainly if you look at me, you can tell, uh, I'm not, uh, so, uh, I didn't know, I don't know how it pierced it. Maybe it was because it was trending. I have no idea. And so, um, I, I looked up, uh, I was I, my wife and I said, who's really fashion conscious and does know a lot about style and all that stuff. And I said, have you ever heard of it? And, and then I spelled it out. I'm sure I butchered the pronunciation. And she goes, of course. And then she went on to say, um, it, they just merged with Target. So she knew the new, or they cut a deal with Target and Target was going to uh, have some of its pro- products. And so then I started asking around and every woman I asked knew what Masoni was and uh, that they had cut this deal with Target. Uh, and then there was like, it, I don't know if you remember this, but it was, it was hard to get the products because there was, there was, that's probably how I knew it. Cause the story was they're selling out all these little pillows or whatever the hell they did. And I'm like, I, I didn't know. And then my wife came home with a friend and they gotten one. They were all excited. I think we have one <laughs> in our house. <laughs> so. That's so funny. Yeah, exactly. So like all these designers have like a target, but yeah, the Missoni collection. I remember if, if it were talking about the same one and I'm sure we are, it sold out like quickly. And so that's why a lot of designers have like target lines. Cause it's like, it's another way to make money. It's like, it's not like you're spending, you know, most people aren't going to spend $3,000 on a pair of pants, which is how much some of these clothes cost. But you know, this way you can spend like $25 or $30 and you know, there it's a Missoni. So yeah, that's why, that's why you probably knew, but it, it, it is pretty funny. And I remember you telling me about your column and, you pronounced it wrong. I might be pronouncing it wrong too, but that's how I pronounce it, Missoni. And you probably, I think you pronounced it something else. And I'm like, I don't know what Ben is talking about. When I, <laughs> but when I saw the column, I knew exactly what you're talking about. So I was like, oh, he means Missoni. Yeah. I'm sure if, I, if I'm sure if I, I told Mick, I'm like, I want a Missoni purse. He'll just stare at me like I'm crazy. So, uh, and then the other one, and this was uh, I was reading on a phone, uh, the New York Times. And there was a picture of Scarlett uh, Johansson, the actress. David uh, Yerman. D- yeah. And what, what's the name again? Yerman. Yerman. Y U R M A N. That's the yeah. jewelry. It's a jewelry designer. I, I And it said, yeah. And it had his name. And I had never heard it. This is like a week ago. So I asked my wife, have you ever heard of David Yerman? And she goes, of course, the jewelry designer. <laughs> oh, my God. Once again, I don't know anything. Uh, my ignorance is astounding. Uh, anyway, and then you yeah, knew what it was. That's, that's what I tell my husband. I mean, my husband's very smart and he knows a lot of things, but there are certain things that he has 
no clue. You know, no clue. I mean, one time we were driving behind a car and it said Mac woman, M-A-C. And he thought it was like, you know, McCartney or something. I'm like, no, it's probably the makeup company line. It's M-A-C. It's a company. So he would have no idea what that is. So I, I always tell my husband, I'm like, you don't know a lot of things. Trust me. So well, I try. I yeah. really try. Yeah, but it's, not, uh, it's something you're not, you're, you're, it's something you're not necessarily interested in. No, I, I mean, what I was going to say is I try not to um, be arrogant because uh, I think I may have told you this. I had an uncle. Uh, he's long since gone. But if if you said you didn't know something, he go, you never heard of And he would fill it up. Oh, my God. He couldn't believe it. Uh, and so I really try not to do that because I do believe that everything is – there's a certain amount of relativity. We have what, are, what interests us. And so, for instance, you know, the, the, the depth of knowledge I have about basketball – which just is just so beyond ninety nine point nine percent of America that I can't possibly expect them to know it. Uh, so I also then ex- want expect people to excuse my ignorance, but it doesn't always happen that way. I, no, no, it is funny. I mean, no, I I expect it too. It's like my mom is not going to know who Dr. Dre is. I mean, but if I didn't know who Dr. Dre is, I expect people to make fun of me. So I'm not going to make fun of my mom for not knowing who Dr. Dre is, but. Somebody one like me who remembers Dr. Dre and NWA and um, all those other um, artists, you know, Snoop. I mean, it would be pretty funny if someone like me didn't know who Snoop was. If my mom doesn't know who Snoop Doggy Dog is, that's fine. Um, he's not Snoop Doggy Dog anymore. He's Snoop. But that's that's the thing. It's like you're not going to know. But, you know, there are certain, des- you know, my mom even knows, like my mom even says, like, I know about more designers now because I have three daughters Otherwise, I wouldn't have known. There's certain things my brother is not going to know because he's not interested in certain things. And so, you know, I, 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 you made a good point, but I still think people should know who Richard Daly is or the yeah. Daly family. That's there's certain things that I think everybody should know Absolutely. because it's like you really have to be really out of touch or living under a rock not to know. Like you're going to know. I mean, if someone didn't know that Ukraine was the Ukraine was invaded, I would just. I would be dismissive of them. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, you're not paying attention at all. Yeah, you're, uh, you're absolutely correct. I mean, look, I'll show you the headline. It's hard to miss that war in Ukraine. Now, I realize not everybody sees a newspaper, uh, but at least it's out there in the universe. Uh, all right. One thing I do uh, know quite a bit about, believe it or not, is Kanye West uh, and the man and uh, his life, not his music. And so I always point this out to people that I've largely stopped listening to new music uh, after 1980. I have friends who tease me about this relentlessly. They go, Ben, you really got to get out there more. Uh, and I spent a lot of time listening to the same songs over and over again and listening to, to like uh, just anything written from 19... Well, with jazz, I go back further, but uh, pop music, rock and roll, uh, soul, etc., 60s and 70s funk, what have you. And... Um, but I'm fascinated with Kanye West. I got to tell you, uh, he's from Chicago. That's part of the fascination. I've been watching a documentary at Netflix about him. I've been reading about him for many years. Uh, things that he does are just, uh, it, they're so bizarre on so many levels. Uh, and it and this, this debate, is it because he's losing his mind? Is it because he didn't take his meds? Is it because he's a creative, brilliant genius who's just one step ahead of all the rest of us, and one day we will understand where he was? And how can you criticize him, Ben? He's worth a billion dollars. Like, you know, if you're worth, if you got money, then you're above criticism. All of it together, uh, I find it just immensely fascinating. I'm probably going to dedicate a whole show to it, uh, trying to get that the director of the of that documentary on our show. And uh, Ramana, I know when I mentioned this to you, you, you had a lot of thoughts about Kanye West. So I just got to throw it out there. When you view the life and times of Kanye West, and you know his music, I don't know his music, but, but just mainly the life and times, do you view him as brilliant, eccentric, insane, all of the above, or what? All of the above, probably. Um, I have to admit, I'm not like a huge Kanye fan, like musically. I, 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 I know that he's a genius because there's some songs I've heard of him and I'm like, oh, this is great. Like he had that song called Jesus Walks and I know he did one. Um, I think he did another version with another um, artist. Um, 
I, I know there's a couple songs I've heard and I thought the rhymes were really clever. Um, Mick knows his songs more. Um, I have friends who are a lot younger who knows his songs more and they say that like at his peak, he was a genius. They say he's not at his peak anymore, but they still find him really talented. I, of course, know him mostly as um, Kim Kardashian's husband. And I'm not saying I, I know him or now he's ex-husband. I'm not saying I, I always saw him as the husband, but, you know, I started knowing more about him and his quirks after, you know, he got married. And then, you know, he obviously made a lot of headlines about, um, you know, being a Trump supporter, showing up at the White House, wearing a MAGA hat, um, you know, seeing things like slavery was a choice. And, you know, obviously for a lot of people, um, were my age or people who might not have heard of Kanye before, but he made, um, he kind of spoke out during the hurricane Katrina, uh, disaster in the aftermath of that. And he basically grabbed a microphone from someone during a telethon. I forgot who it was, was an actor. No, 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 no. He, it, they were sharing the mic. It was with yeah. Michael Myers and, uh, they were reading, uh, what's that thing called? A teleprompter. A a teleprompter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then he said, George Bush doesn't care about black people. And I think that's the Kanye that a lot of people remembered and liked. And then he's kind of veered away from that in the years following. And in between that time, his mom ended up um, dying. I know that the documentary that you're watching right now kind of, uh, shows the bond that he had with his mom, who was, uh, I think she was an administrator at the at Chicago State University, but she basically went to a different country to get plastic surgery, and she ended up dying from the this procedure. And I think a lot of people said that he kind of, I think that kind of set him off, from what I understand and what I've read about him. But I don't know. I just know him as, you know, I've been reading a lot about him because I do follow the Kardashians. That's something I know that you wouldn't know that much about, or or a lot of a lot of people wouldn't know, but it's like a guilty pleasure. But a lot of people have been following um, the aftermath of their divorce and him being on social media the last couple of days. And he does seem to be kind of a controlling figure. Like I could see being in, you know, I think being in a relationship with him as a married person was probably difficult. And for all the people who say they don't like the Kardashians, that's fine. But he kind of makes the Kardashians seem sane. Normal. Oh, uh, okay. Giving me a lot to riff on. First of all, Kanye West is, I think, technically a Gen Xer. He's born in 1977. I believe that makes him a Gen Xer. So he's of your generation. Take that, millennials. Uh, And uh, uh, second of all, you reference his mother. I believe she was the chair of the English Department of Chicago State. Uh, And uh, so he has like a very, um, he had a very similar. I know. I hate to say, I grew up with a family of academics, so I know what it's like to be in a family of academics. Uh, and uh, thirdly, his relationship with his mother, he is a mama's boy. And I say that, I, I say that, it's not an insult. I'm a mama's boy. I'm a mama's boy. Mama's boys, we are where we are in part because our mothers protected us, loved us, adored us. And, uh, Ramana, I don't know, you know, you, you probably know some mama's boys out there and I will always be a mama's boy. My brother's mama's boy. I mean, which is fine. I mean, we all love my mom too, but my dad used to call him a mama's boy too, but he is, I mean, we're all daddy's girls too. So, I mean, I like both of my parents, so I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with the mama's boy. I actually think it's a good thing. I like it when, you know, sons, especially because, you know, that's a you know, stereotype that sons aren't that close to their parents. But I, I think it's a good thing when you hear about a son calling their mom all the time and talking to her. I, I just I find it a good quality. So I don't think it's a bad I don't think it's a bad I don't think it's an insult to call someone a, a mama's boy unless they can't make decisions without their mom. That maybe may, that might be something. But, you know, it's OK to ask your mom for advice. Yeah, I think no. when people use mama's boy, it's when they do everything their mom listens to and don't ever think for themselves. But I think I think being a mama's boy and just being close to your mom and really respecting her, I think that's a great thing, actually. Well, there's a scene in the um, uh, documentary. I don't want to give too much of it away. I don't know if you've watched any of it. Uh, and w- what it was is uh, the uh, director uh, had was a friend with Kanye before he became blew up. So it's like, this is the early uh, 2000s, at right after the turn of the century. And Kanye would have been about, let me do the math, 25 years old. So he hadn't blown up yet. 
Uh, he was very well known, highly regarded uh, as a record producer by other record producers and uh, rap stars, etc. But he, the general public didn't know who he was and his music hadn't taken off and he was trying to get a, a contract with a recording uh, company. Uh, and so there's a scene right before he got, he signed his deal or maybe right after, I can't remember which, uh, where he uh, came home to Chicago from New York and he's driving through the old neighborhood that he was lived in when he was very young in South Shore, like uh, I want to say 78th and South Shore. And he and his mom are sitting on the stoop of the house that he lived in when he was five. Uh, and he starts teasing his mom. He said, you didn't really have anything to do with me being raised. I basically raised myself. And she's like, Kanye, she couldn't believe it because everybody knows that she was there for him every step of the way. Anytime he needed help, she, anytime he fell, she picked him up. Anytime he needed any kind of help, she gave him that help. But back, having troubles with schools, I'm going to find you a new school. And that, that really, I think, explains like his sense of confidence and entitlement that has enabled him to become so fabulously successful. And the way he teased her, I thought Ramana was just so delightful because he knew he was a mama's boy, but you know what yeah. he was like, I raised myself by myself, you know, and I just, do you, do you like him more after watching this? Do you find yourself being more endeared to him? Because more and more the last few years, even my friends who would defend him to death the last few years, um, they've kind of said that they don't like him anymore, but even a friend of mine who kind of was like that, he was watching the documentary. So do you feel like you have more sympathy for him? Like, I do. Why? Yeah. I, I am fascinated by Kanye West. I was going to, I have a hard time forgiving him for the role he played uh, in the 2020 election where he allowed his name to be put on a ballot, I believe in Michigan. Uh, and it was such, and it was Republicans who put him on the ballot, who did everything. You know, remember he said he, he lost his mind. He met, went and met with Trump. He wore the MAGA hat. He said uh, uh, slavery was a choice. He had that really bizarre exchange with Donald Trump or D Donald Trump who's just, even Donald Trump was thought it was bizarre. You could tell by his eyes, like, man, I'm weird, but this guy may be even weirder than I am. Uh, so all those things. And uh, so then he said, I'm not really for Trump. I want to be president. Remember that? And so... Republicans put him uh, on the ballot in the Michigan. One of the most cynical things I've seen, Ramona, their, their notion was black people will vote for him just because they see the name. Yeah. Like, how insulting yeah. to black people. I know, yeah. I know. And I was going to say, like, a lot of black people have, like, criticized him. You know what I mean? It's like, God, do you even pay attention? It's like, it's like expecting black people to vote for Clarence, Clarence Thomas because he's black. It's like, no, it, it's a little more complex than that. Or somebody like a Candace Owens. Yes. Uh, so I have a hard time politically forgiving him uh, for that, but I am fascinated by him. Uh, and then I watched his, oh God, I can't believe I'm confessing this. Uh, his, the, uh, what was, I don't even know what it was, a performance piece that was on TV live the other day where he was... It was really bizarre. Donda 2 came out and it was the fire in the house. I don't know if you saw what I'm, you know what I'm talking about, but it was truly out there, weird stuff. That, is like, it one I of used... his church? He has a church because yes. he's kind of a born again and he kind of has like this church service thing. It's called Sunday something. Service. No, this is the one where his house in Chicago is symbolic. Oh, oh that was a down. concert that he had. Yeah, yeah that was yeah. a concert. I have yeah. to tell you, um, I saw a couple face, well, these are actual friends of mine, but I saw a couple people I know went to the concert. I'm like, why did he go to this concert? It's where they had a whole replica of his house. Yeah. He actually wanted to have the house brought into like this, you know, the stadium. But um, yeah, that's when he had like people, he had Marilyn Manson and some other people who have been canceled and, you know, kind of had them as like, you know, martyrs and, and stuff yeah so i heard about it it was like a hot ticket so it's like even though even even though he's considered like you know a nut people still want to see him oh so. well okay time out that, that was the one in the summer at soldier field this is a different one i don't know oh, where okay. it was stage okay. uh okay and uh i don't think marilyn manson was in this one uh but I, that's the other thing you get to that last point you made i'd love to hear your riff on this when people fall in love with celebrities they will stay with those celebrities no matter where those celebrities take them. And, you know, they get mad at anybody who criticizes a celebrity. So it's like if you criticize Kanye West, a Kanye West fan will defend him and say you're trying to cancel his culture. <laughs> Everything canceled. You're canceling Kanye's culture. The guy's a freaking billionaire. I'm not allowed to criticize him. Uh, and so what is it? The love. How come people can't separate their, like, 
appreciation for somebody's music or somebody's, I don't know, uh, athleticism or their great acting uh, without criticizing the parts of their the person's world that are insulting, like not being able to criticize Mel Gibson for his anti-Semitism. You get what I'm saying? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, how come people are incapable of doing that? If they if they love the music or whatever, they're like all in, and they always have to defend. Help me out with that one. I think I think it's certain certain individuals. There's some people that you could criticize, and but there's and then everybody will be okay. They're like, it's like you're like, I like their music, but I don't agree with this. But then there are some people, Kanye was is one of them. In the beginning, when I didn't like Kanye and, you know, especially a lot of my younger friends, family friends, they would like defend him to death. And I would be like, oh, my God, he's so annoying. And they're like, they'd be they, they tell me I was racist and I don't get, you know, popular music. And I was like, no, he's just really annoying. And then it like took they were just like they would defend him no matter what. And I said, even though I don't like Taylor Swift, I disagree with him taking the trophy away. And they're like, oh, how can he defend Taylor Swift? And I don't even like Taylor Swift. I make fun of her, too. So um, I'm just saying there's certain stars when people become really passionate about them. Um, they like get they will do anything to defend them. I'm I'm, a, you know, there's definitely some stars that I like more. And I get I'd be like, hey, don't say that about them. But, you know, hey, I watch the Kardashians. People can say the Kardashian stuff about the Kardashians. I'll be fine. I'll laugh along with them. So I just think there's certain artists where everybody gets, you know, especially when they're controversial, I guess, like Woody Allen. I think he's kind of one of those people. Not to not to keep not to keep beat a drum that we've beaten over and over again, but I'm just saying that's like somebody like where people are like, oh, you know, you can say that you find him repulsive and maybe you like his movies, but like people get so worked up when they say they don't like Woody Allen anymore, don't want to watch him, or just find him gross. It's like some people get so passionate about Woody Allen. They're usually boomers, by the way. Uh, yeah, they're boomers have a, a, a strange af uh, affinity for Woody Allen, uh, and I am uh, on that list. All right, now let's not beat that dead horse again. Uh, so let's go to the Kardashians. Uh, you mentioned them several times, uh, and I'm going to test your love for the Kardashians. I am going to name a name. That's all I'm going to do. I'm going to name a name, and then I want you to tell me what connection that name has the to the Kardashians. Are you okay. ready? Yeah. Tristan Thompson. That's Chloe uh, Kardashian's ex-boyfriend. And he's on the Bulls now, right? Whoa! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> that's, like, <laughs> that's, the only, that's the only reason I know is because somebody told me, they're like, did you hear Tristan Thompson <laughs> signed with the Bulls? I'm like, what? So, yeah. I, I know my Kardashians. You could test me. You could keep wow, that, you pass that. Well, time out. I think we uh, a correction is in order here. I believe they were actually married. Tristan Chloe? and Chloe. No, I, uh -oh. you're mixing her with the other another basketball star, Lamar Odom. No, I'm not. I Lamar. Lamar we, we I think we've been down this road. Lamar. I, she married Lamar Odom because I remember the marriage. I remember watching the wedding. I don't think she ever married Tristan. All right, you know what? There's only one way to find out. Yeah, you uh, can Google it. I mean, doing it I, right I watched now. all their weddings. I mean, even Kanye and Kim's. I don't know if you saw Kanye and Kim's, but no, I, I, seen, I, I saw <laughs> pictures of the wedding. I don't think they had. I saw those. I saw the um, the Kardashians when they um, filmed that episode. So remember that. And right, Kim was cool. married to Chris Humphreys, who was another NBA player. That was a wedding. I don't think Chloe married Tristan ever. All right. But, um, here we go. That I could be wrong. Reason. I mean, uh, let's see. We'll go drum, drum roll, please. <laughs> I hope you're right because it'd be really bad if our our show's Kardashian expert didn't. I know. Know. I know. All right. Here we go. Tristan Thompson began dating Khloe Kardashian in 2016. In April 2018, she gave birth to their daughter. Uh, Thompson was found to have been unfaithful to Kardashian during the pregnancy. In February, they split. In the see? summer of 2020. They resumed their relationship after quarantining together uh, during COVID. In June 2021, they announced they had split again. I sit corrected. And once again, I ask myself, why do I ever doubt Ramana? Uh, so many times. In the <laughs> I go, <laughs> I'm and I'm always you. wrong. <laughs> I'm telling you. I know. People, people usually think I don't know what I'm talking about. But with the Kardashians, I do know what I'm talking about. And I, I, I follow, I mean, even when I'm not paying attention to the Kardashians, I pay attention to the Kardashians. 
And there's a couple reporters in this town who are as obsessed with the Kardashians as I am. So we're always sending each other pictures or, you know, going, hey, did you hear about this? So I know I know all about Tristan and Chloe. He, he ends up cheating on her all the time. Yes. And uh, wait, time out. Uh, are these other uh, reporters uh, hiding their... Uh, no, 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 no. Can you They're name not them? Hiding. I, I think they'll be okay with me telling, you know, Tina Svandellis is someone who came back to Chicago and... We talk about we we talk about the Kardashians all the time. A couple of years ago, there was a trivia contest. I'm part of. I I'm I was very active in the Asian American Journalists Association, so we had a trivia bowl, and I was on a team. And I didn't do the questions that year, but they told us to add up all the ages of the Kardashians. And Tina and I knew that question at that year. We knew wow. all we knew all their ages, and we we got that one right. And everybody was like just staring at us, like we're we're insane. And there's also another um, editor on the city desk at the Sun-Times, Candy Merriweather. She loves the Kardashians and she sends me stuff all the time or, you know, ask me if I saw a certain episode and stuff. All right. So here's the question I have for you. I've already uh, explained what it is uh, that I find fascinating about Kanye West and why I continue to follow his career. Uh, And so I need to ask you the same thing. What is it about the Kardashians that draws you to them? Well, I first, I just, I don't know. I think it's just, uh, when it came out, I think it was a fact, I mean, this is sounds so superficial, but a lot of Indian women liked the show because here were, were these women who didn't have blonde hair. They kind of had ethnic features. They were into fashion. They like had this, you know, all of a sudden Bruce Jenner's in the show. So we'd watch it for that reason. We like, they had the, they, they had the same problems we did that, you know, like, they have, like, you know, they have an excess amount of hair, you know. So we're like, we're like, oh my god, we're like, we kind of. Find, I know a lot of Indian women love the Kardashians in the beginning, and you know, we thought it was fun, and it had nothing to do with the sex tape. We had no interest. In, we didn't care about that part, but we thought it was fun. And then, you know, they're all sisters on the show. They have a brother, and so it was. It's it's just kind of like strangely addictive, and then it's kind of like an escape. And they have these really cool homes, and you just like watch them, and and it's gotten a lot. You know, in the beginning. The, they were less aware of the cameras. They're very aware of the cameras now. So it's not as fun as it used to be. I don't even watch it as much as I used to, but it's a strange fascination. My older sister thinks that we're nuts, but we're <laughs> like, Hey, it's just, it's just for fun. We don't take it that seriously. So, uh, I, I would say you're nuts, except, uh, I come from a family of women. I'll put it this way, who, uh, love the Kardashian show, you know, uh, past the Tristan Thompson quiz uh very easily when i gave it to them so i'm uh, not gonna say anything bad about loving the kardashians okay so if so if they pass the car the test how come you knew the wrong you were still saying the wrong answer about tristan i, I no, they passed the test that they knew that tristan <laughs> oh, okay. had a relationship with chloe and they even knew the name of the woman that uh tristan uh had she a baby with, with. Yeah. and yeah. then and that uh uh, the, he denied that he didn't think it was his baby. He had to take a paternity. They knew all that. I didn't. I don't think I took that step and that, and said that. I only took that step with you because I was quote unquote mansplaining. I was yeah. man correcting your response. Uh, and uh, that, but way <laughs> you cannot you cannot mansplain the Kardashians to me. I can tell you that it was really. I have to tell you there's one thing that's really funny a couple years back when Jennifer Hudson's family was um, in the courthouse for a really sad, tragic incident that happened where her mother, brother and um, nephew were killed. Uh, there was a, a reporter from E and I helped him out on a couple of questions or he had a couple of questions about the courthouse, but he mailed me posters of the Kardashians. Cause he, he, he got a call from one of the, he got a call from the mom while we were covering this case. And we're like, Oh my God, you're talking to Chris Jenner. And we're all like me and the Tribune reporter are all excited. And the Tribune, the male Tribune reporter thought we were crazy. And then when I got the posters, he's like, the only person I recognize on this poster is Chris Humphreys. And that's cause he's an NBA player. So, and wow. I was like, yeah, you can, this is one thing you will not know more about than me. Uh, yeah. That, uh, by the way, that's where I first met you. I don't know if you remember that, but the first time I oh, met you. Yeah, I, I remember seeing friend. Mick there. Yeah, and I was sitting next to Mick. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we didn't actually meet, but that, that's what he said. That's Romana who's saying. I said, oh. Um, anyway, it was a long time ago. So, all right, that explains uh, their Kardashians. And I'm not going to give you grief for uh, being obsessed with the Kardashians if you promise not to give me grief for being utterly obsessed with the Chicago Bulls. We'll cut no. a deal uh, right there. I, but I think I may have told you this. 
Uh, I'm very kind of proud of this. I now own approximately 10 bulls caps. I wear a different one every day. Uh, it's kind of my <laughs> thing. That's fine. Yeah, thank That's you. That's fine. I got Mick a um, bulls sweatshirt for Valentine's Day. So, Oh, that was really because Mick uh, has just fallen in love with the bulls. It's a relatively late in life conversion. Uh, to He didn't really like uh, pro basketball, uh, but he's gotten more, like it more and more, and he's just fallen in love with this bulls team. Uh, and, uh, so yeah, good for him. Uh, all right. Uh, let's close it down. Uh, talk about your recommendations. What uh, are you offering up as something people should be watching? So I finished euphoria, um, just the last two weeks. I kind of binge watched it. That is a very over the top show. I, I, I was scared to watch it and rightfully so for anybody who watches it. It's very over the top and very graphic, but I think Zendaya does a good job. And uh, the documentary I watched was uh, Tinder Swindler, which is really good. And the other recommendation I'm going to make, or at least the show I'm going to start watching at least, is The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, if, if I'm saying the Yeah, you love correct. that show. Yep. I do. I like it. I think this is the last season. So I'm going to watch it. I think they, they released um, the latest episode last week. So I'm going to try to watch that tonight. And so that's what I have. Um, I probably am going to watch a few things because I want to catch up on a few more movies. But those are the recent shows that I've been watching. Euphoria and then Tinder Swindler is a good... If you want to watch a documentary about how people get duped, I, I it, it's just fascinating because I don't know how you could get duped by someone like that. But people can do it, which makes me think that maybe I should do that too. You can make a lot of money by duping people. <laughs> No, I'm not going to do that. I'm kidding. But that's yeah. it's a, it's an interesting show if you want yeah. to watch something. Uh, well, in terms of being duped, I would say the greatest duper uh, right now in America is Donald John Trump. But uh, yeah. uh, he's convinced 40 percent of the American pop uh, voting populace that he's the second coming of the Lord. So uh, that's the duper of the year. Uh, I'm recommending Parallel Mothers. It's a movie. Uh, Pedro uh, Almodovar, uh, the Spanish director. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. Penelope Cruz is in it. It's subtitles. So if you're not into subtitles, people don't go. Uh, it's absolutely beautiful. It's incredibly moving. I'm tearing up just thinking about it. Uh, great. He's such a brilliant director, but there were so, yeah, so I many. I think he's a great director. So many great shots of babies. And uh, it, because it tells the story of uh, these two women, I don't want to give too much of it away, uh, their parallel lives uh, who just gave birth. And so I recommend that to you. And I really urge you, uh, Romana, go see it on the big screen because it's a real big screen movie. Okay. Uh, and so that's my recommendation. All right. Uh, Romana Hussein, we got through this interview without me asking you which editorials you wrote because that's always a secret. We're not supposed to reveal which one. Yeah, you wrote. I don't know if it has to be a secret, but I'll double check. But um, you didn't have, there was like one or two that I wrote this week. Well, I want to give a shout out in particular. I don't know who wrote it. Wink, wink. Uh, whoever wrote the Bears editorial, good job. Give that person, man or woman, whoever wrote it a raise. Uh, at least they spoke to my heart about no public subsidies for a Bears stadium. So whoever wrote that editorial for the Sun-Times, excellent job, in my humble opinion. All right, Romana, uh, we're out of time. I want to thank you very much uh, for being on the show. Thank you. Uh, have a great week. Uh, that's Ramana Hussein. I'm Ben Jarofsky. Take care, everybody. Bye.